Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are located in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and our mission is for you to know God and make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how you can partner with us, please go to fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. just read something just before I get into what God's put on my heart. This is something I just feel to do by way of testimony, because if I really picked a portion of scripture that I have read more than any others in this whole Bible, it would be John 14, 15, 16, and 17. Uh, and, And not that we shouldn't read the whole Bible, but those are just chapters that have always drawn me. It's been a very special portion of scripture to our particular group. And I have gotten into it again and again. And I caution us to ever think that we've gotten all that God has from the Bible. How many know it keeps speaking? I remember one time I was going to teach from John 14. And I actually had this terrible thought, well, I really know this. And in the middle of it, God showed me something I didn't know. And you know, through John 15 in the reading of this book, I got something I never knew. You know, I always appreciated that parable of the vine and how Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, all right? And the thought about it is, um, I got to get rid of this because, all right. My thought was, we need the vine, we need the vine, we need the vine, right? Because we're the branches and we need what flows from the vine to do our job. But look what it says here. Without the branch, the vine can do nothing. I never saw it quite that way. And really what it's saying here is God is dependent on us. He wants us to be abiding in him so we will bring forth fruit. He had his season. He said, it's necessary for you that I go away. If I go not away, the spirit will not come. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And thank God on the day of Pentecost, he sent them. And now he's coming to all that are hungry and thirsting that we might do his work on the earth. You are important. Let me just read a little more. A vine without a branch cannot bear fruit. No less indispensable than the vine to the branch is the branch to the vine. Such is the wonderful condensation of the grace of Jesus that just as his people are dependent on him, he has made himself dependent on us. Wow, what a responsibility, folks. And we're going to talk today about the need in the world and how God wants to set free. But folks, we need to really commission and position ourselves to be those branches that are bringing forth fruit in your family, in your community, in your home, in this nation. God is depending on us. He is seated on the throne. All the work is done and he's depending on you and me. Is that not so? And folks, as I often say, this is not a practice run. This is it. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And I think one of the distractions, the things that the enemy uses more than anything else is distractions. He gets us so busy. He gets everything more important. But only one thing is needful. Jesus said Mary chose that good part. I also want to show you then our invitation card. We should bring forth fruit in many ways. In the church but outside the church. People need Jesus. We have these cards. You can put it at the table when you go to uh, Cracker Barrel today. Put a nice tip on top. 
and maybe someone will lift it up, hand it to people. It's such a good tool just to remind people we're here. It has all the contact information and our schedule of meetings on the back. It has our website on the back. And so it's a real help in just spreading the fact that we're here. So will you be you know, a part of building the kingdom? All right? And if you talk to someone about Jesus and they're very interested and they say, I really need that, don't wait to bring them to church. Pray right then there for them. Pray that God will save souls and use you to be a mentor to people. Okay, that's that for that. That was for free. All right, this is for free too. I want to speak to you today about something I feel like the Lord really put on my heart. I trust that he'll help me to bring it out. It's a little bit more of a complex sermon I have. You see, I really don't come up with sermons that come out of the Bible. I let the Bible be the sermon. So I use a lot of scriptures. So if you're going to understand what I talk about, you got to have the word. How many have your word today? Come on, lift those iPhones, huh? Lift those iPads. Okay, you got every version on there. Maybe that's okay. But I really like to use the scripture. Now, the screen is a great thing, but you know, there's something about looking at it, looking it up, reading it that's very important. And I just want to encourage us to be students of the Bible. But anyway, when we consider the ministry of Jesus, we think of a number of things. I think of one of the things we think of, of course, is that he is Savior. Would you say amen to that? That's pretty true. Okay, now you don't have to say amens to everything, but you know what? As I preach, I like amens. It keeps me going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, true preaching is proclaiming. I'm not going to tell you anything you've not heard before, but I'm going to speak the truth as it is in Jesus, and the truth has set us free. And that excites you. You say amen. You thank God. We want to be interactive in our study. But anyway, we think of Jesus as Savior. We think of him as sanctifier, bringing us into a changed life, don't we? We think of him as our healer. We've had numbers here. We're thankful for that. We think of him as the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And folks, that's a very important doctrine. The Holy Spirit is necessary for us to live a victorious Christ, a life. You can't live without the Holy Spirit successfully. We think of him as our coming king. But sometimes we don't think of him in the way that I feel to underline today, and that is as deliverer. You know, the word Jesus means savior and deliverer. And actually, when you think about it, he saved us, not just so we could be forgiven, washed in the blood and have our sins forgiven. He saved us to deliver us. He saved us to set us free. And that's such an important aspect of what Jesus wants to do. The reason I feel to emphasize this is there are some groups that don't believe people can be maligned by the devil. They believe once you're saved, the devil can't ever touch you. That's an amazing thing to me. I don't want to scare you, but my wife was praying for someone, none of you here, who had real, real attacks and problems, and the Lord made her to actually see the devil that was attacking. She said it was so dis, dis, uh, grotesque, so awful, she talked about it for the longest time. I remember we had a sister years ago who came here, and she said, oh, I feel so depressed, I feel so bad. And we asked her to come up, and we prayed for her. We didn't say, devil, devil, get out. We didn't say anything about it, but we just saw that thing leave. 
Well, she called the next morning and she said, I don't know what happened. We knew what happened because God showed us. She said, I'm just so full of joy. Everything's changed because of that Sunday night meeting I was in that you ought to come to tonight. Hallelujah. That was all impromptu, Pastor. That just came out of me. All right, that's a good thing. But you know, the enemy, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. The enemy has come, and he is interested in the Christian, because if he can stop you, he can stop God through you. You are the branch, God's the vine, and he wants to stop fruit from coming forth. And he'll do everything he can. He will send temptations. He will dig up your past. He will get you distracted. He will get you discouraged. He he has a whole toolbox and he's been at it for a long time. Stan, who is recovering, he usually says, you know, when he talks about the devil, he says he's been at it for 6,000 years and he's doing a good job. He knows what he's doing. And, you know, we need the power of God to withstand him. And so don't think the devil's not at work. And don't think that everything that's sent your way is because God is sovereign and he just allows anything. There's some things that are attacks of the enemy. You need to learn to come against them. You don't accept everything Satan throws in your lap. You've got to discern and you've got to take a stand of faith. And so I want to talk today about the importance of this deliverance. In fact, the title of what I'm going to speak about is this. Let my people go. He saved us to let us get out of our Egypt, our bondage, our sorrow, our night. He won't be happy just with forgiveness and church membership. He wants you free. And God has purchased it for us. So we want to look at it today. I want you to look at a verse in Romans chapter 11. And it's verse 26 and 27. And it talks about Israel coming back into faith. You know, God loves Israel. It says they were grafted off or out because or cut off because of unbelief. But God is able to graft them in again. God loves his people and at the end of the chapter, Romans 11, 26 and 27, it says this. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer. Jesus is called and named there deliverer. He is deliverer. And he wants to deliver Israel as well as every nation under heaven and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob and this is my covenant with them when I shall take away their sins. The first thing God does is he atones for our sins and then after he atones from our sins he begins the setting free. Sometimes there's a little bit of a fight there, but be, it, be assured today, God wants to set every one of us free and he is our deliverer. All right, I want you to also turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, we have a story told, a true story, of course, of Zacharias and how Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied. Of course, he was John the Baptist's Father, and you know, he was not able to talk for nine months. And he was asked, what will this child's name be? And they all thought he'd say Zachariah. And he said, his name is John. And his mouth was open and he talked and he prophesied. It's an interesting thing to me that he was holding his baby, John the Baptist. 
And yet the first prophecy, he has actually two parts to it, doesn't speak about that baby, speaks about another baby that would come six months after, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want, you to, I want to read to you what it says about Jesus, all right? This is Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 68. We're going to read 68, 69, 70, and 71. And it's going to tell us what the Lord, by his Spirit, speaks about Jesus. 68, it says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who hath visited and redeemed his people. Verse 69, read it with me if you have it, all right? And has raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Thank God that Jesus is Savior. And he is the horn of salvation and of the line of David, all right? Verse 70, I'll read it. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. Now, 71 is a very important verse. Look at it. It says that we should be saved from the hand, from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Isn't it interesting that even before Jesus is born, he is declared as the one that will deliver us from our enemies. And that's not the communists. You know, that's not the socialists. So maybe I'm wrong about that. But that is principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness. God has redeemed us. Jesus is our savior to deliver us from the hand of the enemy and all they that hate us. Look at verse 44, excuse me, 74. That he would grant unto us that being delivered out of the hand of our enemies will serve him without fear, 75, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. God wants your whole life, hallelujah, to be a life that's free. A life that's set free. A life that's set out of the bondage. Your enemy's gone. And that you can serve him without fear in holiness. Now I'm not talking particularly a righteous uh, uh, Outward holiness. We all know that we need to be modest, but sometimes churches just kind of over get involved in how you dress and how you look and what you see and what you don't see. And you know what? It's all on the inside that needs to be changed. As you're changed on the inside, the outside will be fine. Don't just worry, get satisfied with how it is on the outside. Get clean on the inside. Hallelujah. Holiness. Thank God we do need a changed heart, don't we? We can't argue with that. Without holiness shall no man see the Lord. And he wants to set us free and set himself into us and make us holy that we can walk with him without fear. Thank God all the days of our life. Thank you, Jesus. And if you look at 76 and he says, and thou child, that's the child he's calling, uh, holy, which is John the Baptist, shall be called the prophet of the highest and thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. A perfect description of Jesus and a perfect description of John the Baptist. When I get to heaven, I want to ask the Lord a question. Because all my life I believed and been taught that the Old Testament people didn't have the Holy Ghost. Well, first of all, this is one of the mightiest prophecies I've ever heard in my life. I wish we had more of this kind of prophecy today. Complete description of Jesus before he came. A complete description of John the Baptist before he can utter a word by the Holy Ghost. Folks, the Holy Ghost can speak. And the gifts of the Holy Ghost are for today. Amen. Well, 
That's just kind of my introduction to remind you that God wants to set us free and let us go. And that's what's so necessary for us today. All right? And so we have so much, many reasons to really thank God for this today. I just want to give you some t statistics that I looked up just to show you how needy the surrounding uh, country is. Our country, I'm thinking about primarily, but also the world. Why do we need the church to have a deliverance ministry and help people get out of sin and bondage? Well, because 23.5 million in our nation are addicted to drugs and alcohol. 10%, and I think that's probably moderate, 10% of our country is strung out on drugs or alcohol. In America, there's an epidemic of those addicted, addicted to pornography. 60% of couples are cohabitating without living in marriage. Alternate lifestyles are in, on a fast increase. Only 22% of Americans attend church. That's one of the lowest uh, it has been in the history of our country. Our country is in deception and sin as never before in our history. The devil is working and the church is not doing its job like it ought to. Folks, I know you wouldn't like to hear it and I don't even like to say it. Right now, we're not winning the victory and we need to. We need to come up. We need to believe. We need to trust. We need to stand that God will begin to turn our country and that the church, the branches, will begin to bring forth fruit. I'm not talking about every Christian. I'm not talking necessarily about us and evangelicals who really love God. I know there's a godly seed. But folks, the world, by what I've read, our country is backslidden. We're turning from God. Churches are closing. 1,400 ministers and churches are closing a year. Right now, as we speak, more mosques are being built in America than churches. Folks, it's not a day for sleeping. It's not a day for enjoying your retirement. It's not a day for just resting on your ease. It's a day to take a responsibility and to cry to this nation, let my people go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so God really, really wants to awaken us. All right. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 31, I'll just read these verses. And he said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Can you say amen to that? John 8, 36 says, Jesus said, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Now he's talking about the word. And he doesn't just want believers. He wants to make believers free. Amen. Hallelujah. He wants to make us victorious. Amen. He wants to make us fruit bearing. 
He wants to let us go just like he let Israel go. And so what God put on my heart to illustrate this is an old story that you all know about the first Passover. But the first Passover had great significance. Do you know that the New Testament is in the old concealed, the old is in the new revealed? When we look at the Passover and those 10 plagues, and specifically that last plague, that wasn't just something thrown out of the air that God allowed. He allowed that to happen for us to have a picture of what Jesus will do and has done. And as you know, I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. God had to raise up a man, a man who didn't feel able. Have any one of you here feel unable? Moses said, I can't speak. I can't go. What should I say? He had all sorts of excuses. God said, I'll put my words in your mouth. How many know that God has to put his word in our mouth? God says, what's in your hands? He says, a staff. God said, throw it down, and it became a serpent. Pick it up. God said, I will go with you, and you go to Pharaoh, and you tell that snake, let my people go. Hallelujah. That they will serve me. Moses said, wow, Lord, what shall I say? What shall I do? And the Lord says in verse 7, this is Exodus chapter 3, 7. Look what the heart of God is. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And have heard the cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God that God is full of compassion. He's slow to anger and plenteous of mercy. And folks, I want more compassion. How about you? I want to be driven to the hurting. I want to see those healed that need healing, those who are suffering. God had great compassion on his people. He heard their cry. And then look what he says in verse 8. And I am come down to deliver. Ah, Not just save. Not just let it a little easier on them. He wanted them out. He wanted them free. And so he says this, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land, out of that land, unto a land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and all the rest of the ites. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't God a good God? Hallelujah. And I wonder if God looks down and he sees some of his people still bound by stuff that they shouldn't be bound by. We had a sister here who confessed in great humility that for 25 years she was a chain smoker and she wanted it to be out of her life so desperately but could never get rid of that. And in our last communion service, while we broke bread, the power of God touched her and that whole thing left. And we begin to see a deliverance. I'm believing that everyone is going to be set free from whatever addiction the Lord, the enemy has put on us. God wants to set free. He wants to bring us out of bondage and be our deliverer. Oh, thank God for his good mercy and his good hand. And so I want to just describe with the, describe to us the 10th plague in a little more detail because that's the most important one. But you know, every plague, the nine plagues, the 10, were all against not only Egypt, but the gods of the Egyptians. I tell you, I think God would like to show forth his glory against the gods of America. 
against the idols that we've resurrected, the things we feel that are so important that we serve and we bow to, God would like to clean our land, clean our churches, and get us back to being those who are walking in authority and power with him. I want to say before we read some scriptures in this, Egypt is a type of the bondage of sin. And Pharaoh is a type of Satan who keeps those in sin in bondage. And so when we talk of coming out of Egypt, we talk of coming out of slavery to sin, to the world, to the devil, to the flesh. And when we talk about Pharaoh and his being drowned in the sea, we're talking about Satan's power being defeated. How many know that God provisionally has set us free by the cross of Jesus Christ? How many know that he wants us to come out of our Egypt and he wants to defeat Pharaoh and he wants his people to live forever in freedom in a land flowing with milk and honey? That's certainly his plan for us. I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 12, one of the mightiest chapters in the whole Bible. And I love this chapter because it describes the Passover. And sometimes you can say, oh, well, Pastor Mike, that's Old Testament. No, it's not. Paul knew it. He said, Christ, our Passover, has suffered for us. You know, it tells us that the Jewish nation should celebrate this Passover throughout all their generations. Why? Because the ultimate fulfillment of Passover would be their Messiah, Jesus Christ, their hope, and the one they want to, are going to rejoice in. And here they're going to come to him too. But thank God. So here we have some verses about this Passover. I want to read verse 3 to you. The Lord speaks to Moses and he says, Speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth month they shall take to them of every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers a lamb for a house so every family was to take a lamb all right in verse 7 it says and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and the upper door posts of the houses wherein ye shall eat it and so they were to slay this lamb and this lamb was very interestingly a type of Christ it was to be a male without blemish how many know Jesus did no sin? Neither was guile found in his mouth. And unto us a son is given. And so this wonderful lamb is a type of the Lord Jesus. I didn't really want to get too complicated, but you know me. I got to read verse 8. It wasn't in my notes. But verse 8 says this, and they shall eat of the flesh in that night. And so it says that not only were they to apply the blood, they would eat of the flesh of the lamb. Jesus said, unless ye eat my flesh... And drink my blood. You have no life in you. He's not talking about cannibalism. He's not talking about physically eating. He's talking about fellowship. He's talking about the book we're reading. He's talking about abiding in Christ. This brings victory into our lives, folks. If you abide in me and my words in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Authority doesn't come from what's in your head. It comes from what's in your faith. Hallelujah. So not only did they apply the blood, but they also ate that lamb. And that lamb gave them strength to flee that night. God wants you to eat of the lamb and get strength to flee out of your Egypt, flee out of your bondage, come into that promised land he has for you as the church of Jesus Christ and not be fat and lazy. Sorry. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I was going to tell something funny, but I think I better not. Okay, 
Verse 12, it says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt. This is 12.12. Is it up there? I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of the Egyptians, I will execute the judgment of the judgment. I am the Lord. All right, verse 13. Let's read that together. You ready? And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses wherein ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Hallelujah. I want to say a few things about how precious the blood of Jesus Christ is. And how important the blood of Jesus Christ is. That blood of Jesus Christ, which that lamb was a type of, needs to be applied not to just our homes, but primarily our heart. And that blood causes the judgment of sin to be broken. Hallelujah. This is an important point. God did not just die for our forgiveness. We've been buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up by the glory of the Father, even so you should walk in new life. That new life is a victorious life, free from the bondage of sin. And so how important it is that we understand that this blood is so important to our salvation. When I see the blood, we used to sing, I will pass and pass over you. Thank God for songs that are written from the scripture. God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Such an odd thing. Why would that blood of the lamb be so important? Why would that blood of the lamb divert God's anger from Israel totally and completely? Because that lamb was a type of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. Every sin you've ever committed, you ever will commit, was laid upon him. And the only reason we're saved is because the father looks at the blood and God honors the blood. And no matter what failures you've made, well, no matter where you've been, no matter how many hurts you have caused, when God sees the blood, yes. someone shout, yes. hallelujah. When God sees the blood, he passes over you. How many have had your Passover? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we thank him right now? Thank you for passing over me, Lord. Thank you for not giving me what I deserved. Thank you, Father, that the blood of Jesus availed for my sin. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for the blood. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Are you happy for the blood? Verse 23 of this same chapter, Exodus 12, 23. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. All right, so they weren't under the blood. They were trusting in other gods. If there's anyone here trusting in other gods, thinking there is no God, thinking you don't need God, you're thinking wrong. There's one God, and he's in this room today, and he wants every one of us to know his love. And it's not that we first loved him, but that he first loved us. Thank God for that love. 
how we need that love in our lives. It says, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood upon the lintel and the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. I want to say again, not only does the blood forgive us, but the blood protects us. The blood sends the light of God into our tents. The blood sends protection. And so the blood has been shed to forgive you, to protect you, and to let you go free. Don't get satisfied with one or two. Take the whole thing. I was thinking the name of our church is the Full Gospel Church. And we're not the only church that preaches the full gospel. I'm sure of that. But you know what? I don't like to come to that. I'm struggling today because I'm on the new, the new biggest loser club. And I'm having people over to eat, which I regularly do at my house. And we're having turkey and mashed potatoes. And I can't eat the mashed potatoes. And we're having rolls, and I can't eat the rolls. And we're having a dessert that Josie's bringing, and I can't eat the dessert because I'm the biggest loser. So Karen Jones came to me, said, she said, Pastor Mike, who wants to be a loser? I have a better name for your contest. I said, what is it, Karen? She said, fit for the king. And so for that, I'm losing or I'm winning. Amen. That had nothing to do with my sermon whatsoever. <laughs> Praise God. But God wants to forgive us, protect us. Oh, hallelujah. You know, he wants me to say to you, you know, it's not strange in a congregation like this. There's some stuff still hanging on. Some stuff inherited. Some stuff maybe that has been passed down, and I believe in that. Maybe some stuff that is just kind of chasing you still. I had a good friend who was free for 10 years from alcohol, totally alcoholic family. And after 10 years, that devil came back. But through prayer and faith, he is free. Maybe there's temptations. Maybe there's things that have just grabbed hold. I want to tell you today that your Jesus has come. And just like he said to Moses, you tell them, let my people go. Jesus is saying to every one of us today, I have set you free. I have let you go. Take your freedom in Jesus. Take that joy. Take that release. Sin will never satisfy us, will it? And we don't want anything to do with its bondage. Praise God. I just have a few more verses about how God judges and what a terrible judgment it was, Egypt. Verse 29, again, of chapter 12. It says, and it shall come to pass that at midnight the Lord will smote all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive, and that was in, and that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. What a tremendous, terrible thing that happened. 
Then it says, and he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise up and get you forth from among my people, both you and your children, and go serve the Lord. What a day. What a day. What a day that was when Israel walked out free people and God let them go. Hallelujah. And they went into that land flowing in milk and with honey. And they came to the Mount Sinai and they received the law and God put his presence. And they built the tabernacle and they followed him throughout all their wanderings by the cloud and the pillar. These are just types of what God wants to do in your life and my life in a greater way than ever in the Old Testament. He wants us to be led of the Spirit, does he not? He wants us to see him. Jesus said when the Spirit has come, you will see him. Hallelujah. God gives us spiritual sight. God wants us to come out of bondage and the slavery of Egypt. He wants us to come out of the whip. He wants us to come out of the domination of Pharaoh. And he wants to come into the liberty of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God has that for you. God purchased that for you. Praise God. And you know what? We're going to believe today that every enemy is going to flee. You know, I have some more verses, though. Because some of you might say, well, I don't know, I don't know. I want to see a little bit more about you. Can I just read some verses and then I'll be quiet forever. I'll never talk again. This is the Old Testament. Isaiah 49, verse 8, talking about Jesus. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time I have heard thee, in a day of salvation I have helped thee. I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause it to inherit the desolate heritage. Look at verse 9. Look at this. It says that, thou mayst, they, that you may say to the prisoner, go forth. And to them that are in darkness, show thyself. And then it says, they shall never hunger or never thirst. The Bible says that Jesus' ministry will say and be one of saying, go forth. I want to read this passage in closing. Jesus read this in the synagogue and said, this scripture speaks of me. Let's look at what Jesus says, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Now listen. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. The opening of the prison to them that are abound. To appoint unto them that mourn. Any mourning here? It says to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the spirit and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Praise God. Lord, set your people free. Freedom in this house. Lord, if there are any bound, or we know any bound, Help us to be difference makers. God, I thank you where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. I thank you that you have broken the gates of brass. That you, Lord, have brought victory for everyone in this room today. And Lord, we proclaim our victory today. 
We take your freedom. And Lord, if there's any bondage, I just want you to bow your head right now and pray with me. If there's something that maybe this message has addressed, maybe you're thinking that, well, I need to get free from this. We're going to believe for freedom today. Praise God. Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name, we've heard your word. And we are convinced that you are not only Savior, healer, coming king, baptizer. You are our deliverer. And God, if there's any of us here today in your house that need a touch, God, I pray that you will minister by your spirit. And Lord, you will set free by the truth, oh God, that you are our Lord. You are our deliverer. God, touch your people today. Bring life, bring anointing. Hallelujah. I want to say in closing, and I am closing, folks, He not only brings you out, but He brings you out to bring you in. You're not only coming out of bondage, Egypt, Pharaoh, you're coming in to a land flowing with milk and honey. You're coming in to that which eyes have not seen nor ears heard. Neither have they entered into the heart of man the things that God hath for them that love him. God is going to come and bring you into a wonderful place. Amen. I feel God just moving in our midst. I want to ask, maybe you have no difficulty, but maybe you have someone in your family who does. I like that story that which says they opened up the roof and these four men brought this person down and put him before Jesus. He was a lame man. And Jesus said when, I, when he saw their faith, folks, maybe the one we're praying for can't be here, but there's no distance with prayer. If you have a daughter, a son, a grandchild, someone in harm's way that you're burdened for, I want you to lift them right now. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Lord, set free today. Some have prayed for a long time. The Lord, let today, as we've heard your word and declared your truth, be a day of freedom and deliverance and healing, a day of awakening our loved ones, those on our hearts. And God, you will abound in great blessing in those lives, bringing them to you, changing their lives. God, we claim mighty answers today. We claim, oh God, that you, your, our mighty God, our mighty deliverer, will work miracles over every one of us and everyone on our heart today. We ask it in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray, may we always thank God. In closing, thank God that you applied the blood. Thank God his judgment passed over you. Thank God that he's protecting you. And thank God he's bringing you in to his promised possession. God bless us as we go today. Help us to remember your word and help us to stand in faith for your full victory. In Jesus' name.